0: All right, we are back again. We are Wagers Ragers after a week off. And I apologize to all of our audience. I was away on vacation in Vermont, and so we missed Wild Card Weekend, but that's okay because this is the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, that is weekend that everyone waits for at the beginning of the regular season, and that is the Divisional Playoffs where the cream rises to the top, and we are now down to the final eight teams. Again, we are wagers, ragers, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey.
1: I'm in New Jersey.
0: Our hosts, as always, myself, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and of course, John the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog, And we are ready to bring you our analysis of not just one game, not just two games, but all four games, and for my compadre, his Philadelphia Eagles, coming fresh off a bye week, are playing this evening against the New York Giants. And we will get into that game shortly after we discuss the first game on Saturday. I will tell you, and I don't want to um, belabor last week because we did not broadcast, but I had a pretty decent week. I know John followed me on, on two of my, probably my greatest picks of this season – was money line on the Jaguars after a huge comeback win against the Chargers, and a money line pick on the Giants against the Vikings. Not so good with the uh, the Cowboys Tampa Bay game and or the the Bengals Ravens game, which I thought was going to be a, a bigger spread of a score than it ended up being. But nonetheless, uh, two great picks with the Jags and the Giants. So, John, you ready for uh, divisional playoffs? Talk to me. How are you feeling today about your Philadelphia Eagles?
1: I could not be more ready for this weekend. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, the wild card weekend was a, a little wild, but it was, you know, on the, on the one hand, it was kind of nice to ha- sit back and watch the other teams play while my Eagles had a bye. But I'm, I'm very excited for tonight's game. Eagles-Giants. I have a ton of thoughts that I was just sharing with you. I'll save them until we get to the game, but right now I just got two words. Let's go.
0: Yeah, so let's go, and I'm going to start off our our pod analysis for the games this weekend, and John, you can jump in, and you'll start w- with the second game tonight because that's Eagles-Giants. So I'm going to start off giving you my take on the Jaguars at Chiefs. So Jaguars coming off just a phenomenal comeback win after being down 27-0, one of the biggest comeback victories in NFL history against the the Los Angeles Chargers, who just seem to find a way to lose. They always seem to find a way to disappoint their fan base and lose. This is a game where you look at it and you say, teacher versus student. Doug Peterson, he learned under Andy Reid for about 28 years between his time with the Chiefs as well as the Eagles before leading the Eagles to a Super Bowl championship in 2018. But are the Jaguars a team of destiny? I mean, after that comeback win last week and winning 31-30 late in that game? Maybe, but I just don't see it. Right now, the line is the Chiefs are laying nine points. I mean, almost a double-digit line. At home at Arrowhead Stadium, over-under is 53. Now, they played earlier this year with the Chiefs rolling to a 27-17 win at Arrowhead. But that was two months ago. This is a different Jaguars team. And so nine points to me, I think, is just too much to give in this game. And I'm sort of playing my hand a little bit before I give you some additional things that I think are important when you're looking at this game. Uh, Mahomes has never lost in the divisional round. Got it. Uh, he bet, he beat the colts, houston, cleveland and buffalo in the last 4 years in the divisional round and made it through to the afc championship game um, here's a here's a stupid dumb stat which i'm not telling you guys to put any any stock into this but trevor lawrence is 37 and 0 on saturday and that date's all the way back to his days in high school 37 and 0 through high school through clemson through the nfl you know, culminating with last week's comeback win. Do I put any stock in the fact that he's 37-0 and on a Saturday? Absolutely not. But he has really come into his own this season as the, the quarterback for the Jaguars and after being the number one pick in the draft a couple of years ago. Do we see another McKinnon touchdown? I mean, this guy is on fire. He's like there's a little spark plug. For the Chiefs, he scored a touchdown in the last six games. Do we see another? Perhaps, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do. I think the key is going to be stopping Travis Kelsey. I mean, the guy is just a machine. He's just an absolute machine. He fell one reception short this year of the Chiefs' record that uh, Tyreek Hill had said of 111. That, I think, is going to be one of the keys to this game is, are the Jaguars going to be able to either slow down or stop Travis Kelsey? I don't think they can stop him, slow him down, maybe, but he seems to find a way— To get in behind coverage or in front or in the slot or what have you, and just make catch after catch after catch. The Jaguars, and I don't think this should come as a surprise to anybody, but they've trailed in nine of their last 10 games. Uh, And in fact, one of those was against Kansas City, where they just could not come back and pull out the win. But in most cases, they were able to come back and win the game, just like they did last week against the Chargers. Where do I see this game, John? And I'm gonna turn this over to you in a second is I think that given the Jaguars' propensity to come back in games, I feel like they're going to be down early. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw the ball either as much or close to what he had to do last week against, against the Chargers. Um, but I think this is going to be a close game. I really do. And I think nine points is too many points to lay. So give me the Jaguars and the nine points I see this as being a three- or a seven-point game, but I do see the Chiefs coming out on top and winning this game and moving on to the AFC Championship game. So four props, and I'll take them in the order of which I think are the most likely to turn out favorably. Trevor Lawrence, over 271.5 rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I think that they're going to be behind, much like they've been behind nine out of their last ten games. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw the ball. There might be some designed run plays for him. 271.5 rushing and receiving yards is not an amount that is too hard to overtake. So give me Trevor Lawrence, 271.5 combo rushing and receiving yards. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey is my second prop. Over 79.5 receiving yards. I just think that Kelsey that Kelsey's going to find a way to... Get either behind or in front of the coverage. Make catches. Get some yards after the catch. So give me Travis Kelsey over 79 and a half receiving yards. Our Rutgers University running back Isaiah Pacheco. I looked at his rushing prop. It was about 50 and a half rushing yards. But I like his combo of rushing and receiving better than that. Of 61 and a half rushing and receiving yard combo. I know they pass the ball a lot out of the backfield to McKinnon. But I can see Mahomes throwing the ball here and there to Pacheco as well when he's uh, in the backfield as they're starting running back. So give me Pacheco over 61 and half rushing and receiving yard combo, minus 115 on DraftKings. And lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't pick a field goal, kicking prop. Give me Riley Peterson, the kicker for the Jags. I think the Chiefs defense is going to slow down Trevor Lawrence a little bit, cause them to, to uh, not convert on third down, close to the red zone or in the red zone. Give me over one and a half field goals for Riley Peterson plus 110 plus odds on DraftKings. John Jags Chiefs go. What do you got?
1: Oh, I'm a little bit surprised because we are uh, kind of on the same page here. I do think the Chiefs win this game. Of course, they were off last week. Like you said, while Jacksonville was, you know, completing one of the greatest comebacks in playoff history after being down 27 to nothing, coming back to win 31 to 30. Again, I still think the Chiefs win this game. They've been mostly money at home in the playoffs, except against the Bengals last year. Um, but Jacksonville, in their last six, they're hot. They're six and 0 straight up, five and 1 against the spread. Uh, although Casey has won 10 of their last 11 as well. Casey's only won seven and 1 against the spread, and their last nine at home, and 0 and 4 against the spread, and their last four against a team with a winning record. That's what the Jacksonville Jaguars are. What about Dougie P, my main man? He brought me a Super Bowl. I'll love him forever. In his career as a head coach, as a playoff underdog, he's 5-1, and one, straight up. I still don't think he wins this game, but I think the Jags can cover. Uh, nine points right now is what it is on, on DraftKings. I think that's too many points to lay in the playoffs against a team that just won a playoff game in the Jacksonville Jaguars. That still has a little bit of... Uh, juice juice going here so i'll take the jags and the nine points although i still think kc wins and to your point if you think kc gets out to an early lead i'm going to take a look at that uh live bet to see if the the jacksonville point spread goes up to double digits maybe 12 13 maybe more if you know the the chiefs go up by like 10 nothing might hit it again and double up on the point spread there um uh last last thing on that point Kansas City has only covered nine points once in their last four. So I like the Jags on the points here over to the props. Of course, I'm going to follow you on Kelsey, 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 79 and a half minus 130. don't love that, but I'll take the 79 and a half on DraftKings. It's 81 and a half over on FanDuel. So stick with DraftKings. Um, <clears throat> the uh, uh, Jacksonville in particular has not been great. Uh, totally against tight ends. Uh, obviously, Kelsey's, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey has been amazing. Uh, Jacksonville has given up the third most yards to tight ends overall and the fifth most yards uh, after the catch to tight ends overall. Kelsey, how was he in the playoffs? averages over 100 yards a game in the playoffs the last two years last year his receiving totals in the playoffs were 108 96 95 in 2020 his receiving totals in the playoffs were 109 118 133 do i need to say anything else i don't take travis kelsey over on the 79 and a half if i'm wrong on that i'll live with it a couple others that i like christian kirk anytime touchdown plus 155 the kansas city chiefs Defense is not great. They gave up more passing touchdowns than anyone else in the league. So give me uh, Christian Kirk to score. Uh, also, Jarek McKinnon, uh, the Chiefs leaned on him a lot as their running back in the playoffs last year. I think they do again. Uh today, uh Jarek McKinnon over 34 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 on DraftKings. A couple days ago it was 31 and a half, should have grabbed it then. He had 56 yards receiving against Jacksonville in week 10. So give me Jarek McKinnon again. So yes, I like Jacksonville plus nine. Yes, I like Kelsey over on 79 and a half. Yes, I like Christian Kirk anytime touchdown plus 155. And I'll take Jarek McKinnon over 34 and a half receiving yards. Any final thoughts, my man?
0: No, I mean those against the spread stats on Jacksonville are just eye popping. And so that's why I like Jacksonville. I mean, they're just like a scrappy team. You know, when, when you talk about, when you talk about a team and you try to look at it and you say, okay, what are the two most important components that a team needs in order to be successful? It's a coach and it's a quarterback. Yep. yep. The Jaguars have both. They have Doug Peterson, a proven winner who has come in here and completely transformed this Jacksonville team from the debacle, the absolute train wreck of a mess that Urban Meyer left this team in when Jacksonville thought they were being cute to bring in a at the time retired college football coach who just had no clue what he was doing. He was way in over his head. And when they brought brought Doug Peterson in here and with Trevor Lawrence, who you know is really Coming into his own, you have the coach and you have the quarterback and you have a team that is that is now playing great football and has shown success, um, especially during this past year. So give me Jacksonville and, and and the points and the fact that Kansas City hasn't covered a nine point spread in a while. Um, I, I love Jacksonville in this game to cover the line. I just don't think that they're going to pull out a win in Kansas City. So, John, take us away to probably the game of the weekend. And that is the new york football giants traveling down i-95 to the link against your philadelphia eagles what do we got man
1: i'm so hyped for this i tell you what uh i wore my miles sanders jersey and my eagles brought my eagles uh super bowl 52 flag to work yesterday Uh, Just to mess with some of my co-workers who are Giants fans. I am so pumped for this game. It's huge. The Philadelphia Eagles coming in as the number one seed in the NFC are at home. They had that bye last week. As we said, the New York Giants had a huge road playoff uh, win last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Came through and just played probably their best game of the year last week. Kudos to the Giants great win. Daniel Jones has played a lot better than I thought he could. I think the Giants found the guy as far as their coach goes. I think Brian Dable has done a a fantastic job this year. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with into the future. And on top of that, Saquon looks like Saquon. But I tell you what, man, we were talking before we started recording today, and I'm trying to get a feel for this game. And everywhere I look, everybody, Everybody seems like they are on the Giants in this game. Uh, uh, The Eagles are favored by 7.5 right now, minus 110 on DraftKings, minus 108 over on FanDuel. I think that line is fair. I think 7.5 is a fair line right around a touchdown, just over on that. So I think it's a fair line. I love the fact that everybody's on the Giants here. I think the Giants do have a little bit of juice, but this whole idea that the Giants have this momentum and people are talking about how great they've been playing and they're on a roll. They had a great win last week, no doubt, but that's one game in uh, the second half of the season. They've been three, five and one. Let's not forget. Daniel Jones had a great game last week. You know, he had 17 rushes, 78 yards on the ground, throwing the ball all over the place. You you know how many times Daniel Jones has been over 230 yards passing this season? Twice. Twice the whole year. So let's not overstate what's going on here. Uh, I think the Giants come in. The Eagles are at home. uh, And so much focus has been on the fact that Jalen Hurts sat out for a few weeks. The Eagles didn't look good while he sat out. He's got the shoulder issue. The Eagles obviously had a very vanilla game plan when the Eagles and Giants last met on the last game of the year and the Giants rested their starters. But I think that was just out of complete precaution uh, by the Eagles coaching staff. I think there was an acknowledgement that these two teams could potentially play two weeks later. And here we are. I tell you what, man, I like the Eagles here to cover this. And I I almost, you know, hate to say it because I kind of want to like, you know, not jinx it, you know, or, or something like that. But I think the Eagles are the better team. They're they're extremely healthy. The only starter that's going to be out is Avante Maddox, their nickel corner. Luckily, the Eagles got back CJ GJ, their uh, safety who led the league in interceptions. And what they did uh, last game of the year was they played him in the nickel spot. I think that's huge for the, for the Eagles. Uh, Lane Johnson obviously has the torn abductor muscle. He's going to try to gut it out and play anyway. Um, and we'll see how Jalen Hurts uh, plays. There's no. There's no injury designation for Jalen Hurts right now. Other than that, they've got all their starters playing. I do think the Eagles are the better team here. Could the Giants win? Yes, but I think the Eagles win. And I think the play here is you take the Eagles and you give the points because I think they're going to cover seven and a half. How about some props here? The Giants last week they did a really good job limiting Justin Jefferson, one of, if not the best receiver in the game. Adore Jackson, the cornerback, is back from injury. Xavier McKinney, their young their young safety, is back from injury. I expect them to, the the Giants to to put a lot of focus on the Eagles superstar tandem of AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I still think one of the two between Smith and Brown probably scores and has a good game, but it's tough to pick which one between the two. So what is that? Mean for my props, two words for you Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is back, and I love his prop. He is uh, his prop is 49 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings minus 130. It's 52 and a half over on FanDuel. Think about what the Giants did last week uh, they played well, but they got torched by TJ Hawkinson uh, for Minnesota, who had 10 catches for 129 yards the Giants defense has given up the 10th most yards to tight ends in the league they're 31st in the league in DVOA against tight ends Uh, Dallas Goddard missed week 14 again this is the third time the Eagles and Giants have played how many times have you heard that this week Um, the Eagles won big 48 to 22 Dallas Goddard missed that game because he was out with injury he did play in the last game of the year with Hertz back he had six catches on seven targets for 46 yards Dallas Goddard has hit his receiving prop in each game since he's been back from injury Dallas Goddard averaging 58 and a half receiving yards a game. So give me the over on 49 and a half receiving yards. Also give me the over on catches on Fanduel. You can get it at minus one Oh two, almost even money over four and a half catches. So I love that. Um, Two more quick props here. A lot of discussion this week about will Jalen Hurts run, will will he or won't he? I mentioned that the Eagles had a vanilla game plan in in week 18 against the Giants. Uh, To my eyes, I didn't even see one called run. I did hear someone say that there was only one designed run for Jalen the whole game. Jalen Hurts has averaged 11 rushing attempts on the year. His prop is down to eight and a half, eight and a half on DraftKings. The juice is terrible uh, at minus 116 excuse me at minus minus one hundred and sixty. but I tell you what, I don't think there's going to be any restrictions on Jalen hurts tonight. I think the Eagles are going to come out guns blazing. I think Jalen hurts is going to run early and often. So give me the over on Jalen hurts eight and a half rushing attempts. And lastly, you got to take it. It's the Eagles, it's the giants, it's Boston, Scott, Boston, Scott, Boston, Scott, and seven games against the giants um, uh, be- uh up to this year, he's had 360 rushing yards, 184 return yards. He's got 10 touchdowns against the Giants. So I'm taking the anytime Boston Scott touchdown. I think you've got to at this point. I got it at plus 370. It's fluctuated between 360, and I think was at, at one point was up to 390. So give me the Eagles. Give the points. I like Dallas Goddard over on receiving yards and catches. I like Jalen Hurts over on rushing attempts, and I like Boston Scott. Um, anytime touchdown. I did t- take a long look at Daniel Jones rushing yards. I don't like it. It's too high. It's 42 and a half uh, rushing yards. I know he had 17 uh, rushes for 78 last week, but that is the outlier of the year. Before last week, Daniel Jones was averaging uh, in the high 30s, 39 yards a game. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going for that one, but give me all the rest of them that I said before. And JT, tell me you agree with me and
0: you want to give these points. I'll tell you whether I agree with you in a minute, but let me give you my thoughts on this game. We have a big NFC East clash, two teams that while individually may not or may not hate each other, but there are two fan bases that despise each other only second to the absolutely just despicable Dallas Cowboys. Biggest question in my mind, is Jalen Hurts really healthy? I know he's not on the injury report, but he's suffering from a sprained shoulder, and he admitted, um, even after the Giant game, that he was in a lot of pain uh, playing in that game, coming back to try and like knock a little bit of rust off after not playing for several games before that. And I know two weeks ago, um, you know he played pretty decent. It was a rather vanilla offense that they played against the Giants' second and third stringers so Sirianni says he's a full go. I don't know. I think the truth lies somewhere in between as to whether or not he's fully healthy or whether he's still suffering from pain uh, in that shoulder. And then we have the all-pro tackle in Lane Johnson, who's trying to come back from a, a torn abductor. I mean, that's a torn abdomen. That's really what it really means. And is he going to be effective trying to protect Jalen Hurts? I don't know. We'll see. And I think that's the biggest question that really needs to be answered in this game is – is Jalen Hurts healthy? Is Lane Johnson healthy enough to provide him with protection? Because if not, uh, and if the two of them are not somewhere close to 100%, and Jalen Hurts takes a hit, and he lands on that shoulder, and Lane Johnson can't go the whole game, this could be a completely different game. Um, now, you brought him up, Boston Scott. I mean, the guy's a giant killer. He's just a giant killer. There's no, There's no two ways about it. He's got two touchdowns this season, and they're both against the Giants. Ten of his 17 career touchdowns are against the Giants. He is an absolute giant killer. Home cooking, I mean, the Eagles, they've won nine straight against the Giants. Nine straight. Their last home loss against the Giants came in 2013. Now, when I look at this line, and it's seven and a half, if you told me this line was six and a half, I'm taking the Eagles, but the line is seven and a half. And with that hook, I just, I can't, I can't take the Eagles in this game. I just can't. The Giants are coming off a great game last week against Minnesota. I actually think they probably should have won by more than they did. So with that hook on that seven point line, that seven and a half, uh, give me the Giants because I think this is going to be a close game. Do I think the Giants are going to win? I don't. Do I think this is going to be a close game? I do. And so I'm going to take the Giants and the points, thinking this game is going to be 24-17, 31-24, something like that. Um, but I do think the Eagles are going to win this game. I'm not all over the Giants like a lot of people are about the Giants are this team. You know, look at them; they're similar to the teams from 2007 and 2011. Yeah, there's some similarities, but they had completely different players, a different quarterback, a different coach, different receivers, different offensive line. And yeah, the Giants played well last week, but Minnesota, quite frankly, I I mean, there's a lot of games this past season they should have lost, especially they should have lost to the Jets, my team, who just were awful down the stretch and lost seven straight games. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in that game, although they played well and they were on the road. But I think the road comes to an end for the Giants this week, but I do think they keep it close. So give me the Giants and the points, uh, getting seven and a half points, some some props I'm all over Dallas Goddard with you, especially on the receiving yards. That's one of the props that I wrote down, uh, over 49 and a half receiving yards. But I am then going to focus on quarterbacks here. And I think Jalen Hurts, and I and I don't know if, if that was one of your props about rushing yards, but I, I I'm all over Jalen Hurts rushing over 51 and a half rushing yards. It's do or die. You know, you win, you move on. You lose, you go home. I don't care that he might be hurting from a shoulder injury. They're just going to unleash him. There's going to be no, um, you know, nothing holding him back on the offense. So I think he's going to rush just like he always does in every single game that he's played this season. So give me Jalen Hurts over 51 and a half rushing yards as well. And Daniel Jones, I know that his average is somewhere in that 38, 39 yards per game. But last week, they really game planned for, for Daniel Jones to run the ball. And in fact, I had the Daniel Jones rushing prop and I hit it in the early second quarter. So Daniel Jones over 42 and a half rushing yards is my other prop. And lastly, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, again, his rushing and passing prop, his combo is only 261 and a half passing and rushing yards. I'm going to take Daniel Jones on that prop. He hit that pretty easily last week. And especially if the Giants go down early to the Eagles, he's going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to run the ball. and between him and Saquon, they are like a double-headed monster when in rushing the ball. So I can see him gaining a lot of yards on the ground, having to run the ball. And if he runs for 50 yards, he's only got a pass for about 212. So give me Daniel Jones over on his passing-rushing combo. And those are my props on this game. Any last thoughts on your E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles, John?
1: Yeah, listen, you know, all all fair points. uh, But I don't know, man, I'm just not a believer. I'm still not really a believer even in Daniel Jones. He's better than I than I thought he was. But in this game, you got to remember here, the Eagles passing defense, they had the number one passing defense in the league. And it wasn't particularly close. The last time he played
0: against the Eagles, he was 18 of 27 for 169 yards. I mean, this is a different Daniel Jones from earlier in the season. I think that guy just won himself a 35 to $40 million a year contract as the uh, Giants quarterback, considering he's going to be a free agent this year. So good for him. He just set his entire family up for life. And uh, we'll see what happens tonight in the game. We'll see how it
1: plays out, man. Uh, but why don't you let me know your thoughts on this other matchup we got going
0: on. Moving to Sunday, those Cincinnati Bengals against those Buffalo Bills. All right. So Bengals at Bills. The line right now is the Bills laying five and a half points over under is 48 and a half. Now, as we all know, three weeks ago, DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest after making a tackle miraculous recovery over the last three weeks. He's been visiting the uh, team facility almost on a daily basis. And thankfully, the Bengals and Bills got together in unity and decided to cancel the game that they had been playing where, um, DeMar was hurt. So how much of an inspiration is this going to be to the Bills players? I guess we'll see. Um, but you know, this isn't the only tragedy or, um, off the field thing that the, the Bills have had to overcome this season. We're talking about two crazy snowstorms where multiple people died. Um, the death of Dawson Knox, their, their tight ends, younger brother, died during the season. And the racist shooting of 10 people at a supermarket in May. I mean, Buffalo has had to overcome. That city has had to overcome so much. And the team as well. You know, and, and they finished second in the AFC. Who knows if that game had actually finished and, and concluded without, you know, that, the tragic uh, incident with DeMar Hanlon. Whether Buffalo might have gotten the number one seed. Who knows? But they've been a real great, fantastic team this season, all season long. Um, interesting is the NFL is already selling tickets for the neutral site AFC Championship game in Atlanta, matching up Kansas City and Buffalo. And that's really irked a lot of Bengals players, especially Joe Mixon. So we'll see what kind of bulletin board material that is for uh, Cincinnati coming into Buffalo for this game. But it's really a matchup, but I know, you know, you can't say, well, it's a quarterback versus quarterback because one, they both play offense. So they don't actually play on the field against each other. But it's really Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. Who's going to have the better game? Since 2021, Josh Allen is second in the NFL in touchdown passes with 72. And guess who's right behind him? Joe Burrow with 69. Both quarterbacks finished with 35 touchdown passes this season. Tied for second in the NFL. Allen through 16 interceptions, Joe Burrow through 12. I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. Although Allen was pretty reckless last week against Miami. Um, so, but maybe where you really see the advantage between these two quarterbacks is Allen's ability to use his legs. He rushed for 762 rushing yards this season with seven rushing touchdowns. Joe Burrow, hey, not a slack. Uh, 257 rushing yards with five rushing touchdowns. But I I see the difference in this game being Allen's ability to run the ball. Now, both teams are on a hot streak. Bengals have nine straight wins, um, and their first three losses this season were by a combined eight points. Similarly, the Bills are on a winning streak of eight straight wins, and their three losses total this season were by a combined eight points, much like the Bengals in their first three games. So, again, I think the, the the difference in this game is going to come down to Allen's ability to run the ball, but also the Cincinnati Bengals' offensive line is severely banged up. They have three starters out. I just noticed this morning two of them are definitely not playing. So they're, they have three backups, and Joe Burrow was sacked four times last week against the Ravens, who, mind you, have a really good defense, especially with the additions they brought in. Uh, This season with Roquan Smith, et cetera. Uh, So is Buffalo going to be able to get to Joe Burrow with this sort of makeshift offensive line? And is Josh Allen going to be able to create uh, running the ball? I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Five and a half points, you know, with the losses that these teams have suffered with combined um, eight points, Even though I think Buffalo is going to win this game, I'm going to take the Bengals and I'm going to take the five and a half points. I think this is going to be a field goal game. I really do. It's going to be a close, hard fought game, but I see Buffalo coming out on top. So give me the Bengals laying the five and a half points. I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati wins this game, just like they did last season against the chiefs at Arrowhead. They can win on the road. They've proven they've, they've been able to do that. So give me the Bengals and the five and a half points. Three quick props on this game. I've said it over and over again is that I think one of the differences in this game is going to be Josh Allen and his ability to run the ball. Give me Josh Allen over 46 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Give me the tight end for the Buffalo Bills, who I think is a rather unsung hero for them, and that's Dawson Knox. His prop right now is not too high, 36 and a half receiving yards. Give me over it on 36 and a half receiving yards for Dawson Knox, minus 115 on DraftKings. And again, I would be remiss if I did not give you a kicking prop. Give me Evan McPherson, the phenomenal kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, over one and a half field goals, even money on DraftKings. I can see Buffalo slowing Cincinnati down, causing them to have to kick a field goal or two or, or three, hopefully at least two. And uh, that's where I kind of see this game, John. What do you think?
1: I this is starting to scare me, man. I I, I kind of agree with you on 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 this one. Uh, I have it written down here. Uh, take Cincinnati plus the five and a half, minus one hundred five. Here's the thing. I do think Buffalo has juice this year. I think they've got a lot of talent. I think. Josh Allen, the way he's turned his career around, he just seems like the the talent is is just limitless with him. But I've watched the team play this year, and I do feel like the loss of Brian Dable has hurt the offense a little bit. You know, this is the same team we watched Buffalo lose at home uh, to Minnesota earlier this year. They let Miami back in the game with Skylar Thompson last year and had a very real chance to lose that game. Um I just don't know if, if I can take the Bengals and give, you know, anything more than a field goal in this game. And on the other side of the ball, you got Joe cool. Joe burrow is coming in the reigning AFC champions are coming in and the Buffalo bills. Uh, I'd looked this up. They have the worst pressure rate of any of the remaining teams in the playoffs. That means the bills, even though we think of them as having a really good defense, they haven't been getting pressure on the quarterback. And I know the Bengals are having their offensive line problems. Uh, with a couple of their their starters questionable for this week. but I don't know, man if the the bills can't get pressure on Joe Burrow, you give him time, he could theoretically pick you apart. Uh, so I like Cincinnati. Uh, give me the five and a half. Um, I think it's going to be a close game either way. So I'll take the team uh, with the points and I'm not even scared about them being on the road because we've seen Buffalo perform below expectations at home. I'm with you hundred percent on Josh Allen over 46 and a half rushing yards. That's the first prop I looked at. He's averaging 47.6 uh Uh, yards on the ground per game this year anyway anyway and you know in his short career he's really lit it up in the playoffs he only had four rushes for 20 yards last week but before last week josh allen was over this number over 46 and a half rushing yards in four out of his last five um uh, uh playoff games so i love josh allen to hit this um I'm checking through my notes here. In 21 last year, his rushing totals were 68 yards and 66. I mean, in in uh in uh, 2020, he was even better. So, give me Josh Allen over on the 46 and a half rushing yards. Here's another one I've got for you. This one you might be a little bit surprised by. Joe Mixon. I'm looking at his combo yards here, over 77 and a half combo yards here. He had 11 carries last week, but that was when the Bengals only had 27 minutes uh, of time of possession, which is well below their average for the year, which is almost 32 uh, minutes uh, in, in time of possession. Mixon has double digit carries in five straight games. He's had five-plus receptions in his last three games of the regular season. And last year in the playoffs, Mixon had almost 17 carries a game during the playoffs. So I like Mixon to go over this number, over and a half combo yards. I also think it makes sense, again, you know, the Bengals trying to get up on time of possession here, that they'll try to run the ball early. I think that plays into Mixon's favor, so give me the over on Mixon 77.5 combo yards lastly i know you're gonna like this one man evan mcpherson give me over one and a half field goals he's hit two or more nine times this year i think he gets it again tomorrow so that's what i got on Bengals bills i'm with you give me the Bengals five and a half plus five and a half on the road with you josh allen over 46 and a half rushing yards i'll also take joe mixon on the over on the combo yard 77 and a half and over on evan mcpherson one and a half field goals
0: yeah, so we're in lockstep on uh, on two out of the three props with uh, both uh, Josh Allen over rushing and McPherson over field goals. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I got to tell you, you know, I looked at all four of these games. It's divisional playoffs. It's the best weekend of the year. I-, I can't imagine any one of these four games being a blowout. I just can't. And that's why I am literally on the underdog on the first three games that we've looked at. And now we move into the last and final game of the divisional playoffs, and that's Cowboys at 49ers. John, take us away, and then I'll give you my thoughts on this game and where I think I'm going with it.
1: Well, we got the Dallas Cowboys after trouncing Tom Brady and putting the Bucks out of their misery this year. The Bucs never should have been in the playoffs. Eight and nine on the year to win that horrible division, the NFC South. Dallas goes down to Tampa Bay, beats up on the on the Bucks. Dak Prescott had a great game. It was not particularly close, but now Dallas has to travel to San Francisco after going all the way to Florida, then back to Dallas. Now they have to go to San Francisco for what amounts to their fourth straight road game on basically short rest. Cause they had to play a playoff game on Monday night, which is kind of ridiculous. And San Francisco had a couple extra days on them since they played on Saturday, the Niners, it, it's it's tough to get a much a team much hotter than they are. They've won 11 in a row and seven straight since Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy uh, was installed as the starting quarterback. He looked fantastic in the second half of the game against Seattle last week. Uh, again, the San Francisco at home last week, they're the number one number two seed in the NFC hosted their division mates, the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle hung with them for about a half, actually had the lead 17-16 at halftime, and then the Niners just went bonkers in the second half, and it ended up not being all that close. Uh, I, I was able to dip into that game late and get Seattle with a live bet at plus 23 and a half. so I cashed a 50-burger on that one, so that was great. But, I don't know, all of that stacked up. You know, makes you think, was Dallas going to get blown out? You know, Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions, only played 12 games. Dallas is getting four points at minus 110. I think I'm going Dallas here, believe it or not. And I don't know if this is just my brain thinking that, you know, I would love to see Dallas lose here. So I'm trying to go the opposite here, but I don't think that's what it is. I think Dallas is actually a very talented team and they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type team, you know, it's they haven't been a middle of the road team. They either play great or they play horrible, right? They blew out Minnesota. They play great against Tampa Bay. I just I think there's enough talent there that they can go into San Francisco and win. And I think the reason is I think the magical pixie dust of Brock Purdy finally runs out you know uh, eventually a rookie quarterback is going to be exposed he's played great so far Kyle Shanahan has been able to hide the fact that he's a rookie and Purdy's come through when called upon but here's the thing you know there's been a lot of talk about Dak Prescott and his interceptions but I'm focusing on the other side of the ball and that is the Dallas Cowboys defense and the Cowboys They are top five in the league in sacks per game this year, and they led the league in takeaways. That's a horrible mix for a rookie quarterback, and I think tomorrow, this week, the divisional round of the playoffs is when the bloom finally comes off of the flower, Brock Purdy turns into a pumpkin, sacks and turnovers, I think, are going to lead to potentially a Dallas win here, but at a minimum. I'll take Dallas in the four points. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of people go that way, but that's my feeling this week. Uh, as far as my props go, I've got two. I love Debo Samuel. Uh, his rushing prop this week, right as we stand right now in DraftKings is 17 and a half rushing yards. It was 15 and a half two days ago. Should have grabbed it. Then last week against Seattle, Debo uh, offensively six of nine uh, targets for 133 yards through the ground, but 32 Uh, Excuse me, through the air and 32 yards on the ground on three on three attempts. Debo had 72 yards on 10 attempts last year in the playoffs against Dallas. Again, Kyle Shanahan has done a great job at disguising the fact that Brock Purdy is a rookie. Uh, Debo Samuel lined up in the in the backfield more last week against Seattle than he has all year so I expect that to continue and I expect you know some end or end arounds trick plays things like that and Debo's going to hit this uh, 17 and a half rushing yard prop Tony Pollard is my uh, other other prop here Tony Pollard I think has pulled ahead as the best back in Dallas I think the coaching staff knows that uh, I think he's going to get the work here and his combo prop Tony Pollard 70 and a half at minus 115, 70.5. Give me Tony Pollard combo yards. Uh, I think the Dallas is going to lean on Tony Pollard here. Uh, I think he can easily hit this 70 and a half. So that's what I've got. I've got Dallas plus four, shocking the world to covering the spread. Give me Debo Samuel over on 70, 17 and a half rushing yards and give me Tony Pollard over on 70.5 combo yards as he pulls ahead as the lead back in Dallas. What do you think, JT? Have I have I gone off the deep end here?
0: I'm all jacked up on Mountain
1: Dew.
0: I don't know if you've gone off the deep end. I mean, we're only talking about a four-point spread in this game, and Dallas really looked lights out last week against Tampa Bay. But Tom Brady, honestly, he just looked old. He looked old. He looked washed up. And is that a product of him being 45 years old and has the inability to move around in the pocket and he's just stands back there because he, quite honestly, he looked like Joe Flacco back there, just standing there, not make, not moving, not moving up in the pocket, doing nothing. Or is it really a product of his offensive line, which was clearly banged up? I mean, they brought back their center Ryan Jensen off of IR or whatever uh, last week, but he clearly was not the same and certainly was, was rusty. Um, trying to play center for Tampa Bay. So I don't know what the issue was, but they just got the doors blown off of them last week against Dallas. So is Dallas really that good? Or was it a product of an old quarterback, a banged-up offensive line, uh, a running game that's non-existent? Leonard Fournette was dealing with a Liz Frank injury in his foot all season long, claims he was ready to play, didn't look good at all. Um, And the Tampa Bay defense, I think they just – I I think they just mailed it in after a while and realized that the offense wasn't going to do anything and they were probably going to be on the field the entire game. And Dak Prescott had a great game. I mean, 305 yards passing, uh, four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. But is it, is that really the Dak Prescott that we're going to see this week? or Are we going to see the guy that threw 11 interceptions in his final seven games? That's the question. What kind of, what Dak Prescott are we going to get this week? And they're going up against the top defense in the league, really overall. Um, and then the other question is, what about, Mr. Ir- what about Mr. Irrelevant? The last pick in the seventh round of the NFL draft this past season, Brock Purdy. I mean, the guys look like he's a 10-year you know, veteran out there. Can he keep it going? That's a big question. But he has been lights out. He really has. He's, he's um, played in seven straight games. He's won the, the six games in which he started. And in those six starts, I'm sorry, in the seven games that he's actually played, He's had at least two touchdown passes in every single game. And last week he threw for 332, three touchdowns, and he also added a rushing touchdown against Seattle. So this is the second straight meeting of these two teams in the playoffs. And it's pretty surprising that before that, they hadn't played in over a quarter of a century against each other. And you always think Dallas-San Francisco in the playoffs, Dallas-San Francisco in the playoffs, right? They're always going to play each other. They played each other multiple times. You think back to the Dwight Clark- catch in the back of the end zone, but really they've only played the last two years in San Francisco won last week, 23 17. Now I don't put, I put, actually I put zero stock in the fact that the Dallas kicker, Brett Mayer missed four straight um, extra points last week. I think that's an anomaly. He had a really good season. So throw that out the window. People are saying, Oh, they brought another kicker in this week to back up Mayer If he has, you know, the same kind of, uh, you know, yips that he did last week when trying to kick extra points. But to me, I think the combination of McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk—it's just going to be too much for Dallas. And quite honestly, and I and I said this before before last week's game. And I know we didn't broadcast, but I mentioned this, John, to you over text. I don't trust Mike McCarthy as a coach of Dallas. I just don't. I think he's a loser. I think that he's um, he's he's not as good as Kyle Shanahan. When it comes to coaching, and again, it all comes down to coaching and quarterback, coaching and quarterback. Are we going to get the Dak Prescott that threw 11 picks in the last seven games? Or are we going to get the Brock Purdy that's lit the world on fire over the last six and seven games? I think we're going to get the latter of the two. And I think Brock Purdy is going to have a big game at home. I know Dallas is – look, they played great last week against Tampa Bay. But I don't think four points is too much. For the 49ers to win this game against the Cowboys at home. I see them winning maybe by seven, six or seven points. Wouldn't be surprised if they won by 10. So give me the Niners. I'll lay the four points. And this is my only favorite that I'm taking this week. And that's the Cowboys losing by at least a touchdown to the 49ers in not San Francisco. It's Santa Clara. But regardless. I like the Niners in this game to cover the four points props. I'm with you hundred percent on Debo Samuel rushing. It's only 17 and a half rushing yards. It's one of the three that I wrote down. So I'm in lockstep with you on that. Again, I think uh, with the weapons that the Niners have, especially deploying Debo Samuel in the rushing and receiving game, 17 and a half rushing yards does not seem like a whole lot to overcome for, for Debo and my other two. Brock Purdy, as I said before, he's thrown two touchdown passes in the seven games that he's played. And right now, his prop over one and a half touchdowns, minus one twenty five on minus one twenty-five on DraftKings, give me Brock Purdy over one and a half touchdown passes. And lastly, Christian McCaffrey, who has just been, you know, the magic elixir for San Francisco to take off this season after being traded from Carolina. Give me McCaffrey over 67.5 rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And those are the three props I like in this game. So give me the Niners covering four, Purdy over one and a half touchdown passes, McCaffrey over sixty-seven and a half rushing yards, and lastly, we are both on the same prop: Debo Samuel over seventeen and a half rushing yards. John, any last thoughts on this game before you lead us into the last phase and the greatest phase of the podcast, which is our tracks of the week?
1: Yeah, listen. I hope you're right because I would love to see Dallas go down. Uh, but I just think if if, if you're right. And Brock Purdy comes up big. What's the headline after that? Is it, you know, Purdy woman, you know, Purdy young thing, something like that. Um, But seriously, there was one other prop that I took I took a a look at and was going to call it. But I didn't like it because the number was so high. But I just went back and checked out this guy's track record over the last month or so. And it's something that he could totally hit. He's done it a bunch of times. That's Christian McCaffrey. I could see Christian McCaffrey having a big game here. This seems like, you know, this is the Dallas and San Francisco are two of the storied franchises in the NFC. And I could see one of the big stars of the game coming through. You know, it's almost like you could almost imagine this game with John Madden and Pat Summerall calling the game and John Madden talking about Christian McCaffrey having to come through. and, And he does. Uh, I was looking at McCaffrey again with the combo yards. I initially went past it because it's a high number. It's huge. 106.5 combo. But then I took a look at his track record over the last month. He's hit this combo five out of his last seven games. So I think I'm going to take this one too. I'm going to add one more Christian McCaffrey combo yards, 106.5. Any thoughts on that before I take us home?
0: Yeah, real quick. I was actually looking at that myself. I just don't like the triple figures. On the rushing and receiving. That's the thing that that kind of pushed me away from that and towards his rushing total. Um, And that's why I went with the McCaffrey rushing 67 and a half rushing yards. I thought that was more attainable than trying to hit over 106 and a half combo rushing and receiving yards. But hey, I mean, that was one of the first props I looked at uh, when I was considering, um, you know, what to what to tell the audience uh but I decided to move away from that and just focus really on his rushing total but I don't I don't dislike it I uh actually you know I'm I'm thinking about it the game's not until tomorrow night so I, I might jump on it tomorrow night but yeah I'm not opposed to it at all so John take us away into our tracks of the week what do you got well I had a song all lined up
1: off of my favorite record label, Tool Room Records, a good uh, housey song, but I've made a last second switch. Uh, a little bit of an older song here, an older track here. Not everybody might know it. It's a, it's a song written back in 1955 by Charles Borelli and Richard Cortland Harrison. It's a beautiful song called Fly Eagles Fly, uh, also known as the Eagles victory song for good luck for the eagles and giants that's my track of the week baby fly, fly eagles fly, fly, fly on the road to victory down, one, two, one,
0: two, three, hit John, I wish that I could pick a track that had something to do with my football team, but every season for the last 10 years, going on 11 now, has just been disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. So I can't join you with a victory song, but I do have my track of the week that is related to my New York Jets. I would have picked it last week had we broadcast, but I was away on vacation. And. After that disappointing seven-game losing streak to be knocked out of the playoffs, guess what? What do I have to look forward to? The future. And the future starts now. That's my track of the week by Kim Petras. If you don't know who she is, look her up on Wikipedia. She's got a very interesting story. And that's my track for the New York Jets. The future starts now. Kim Petras. Track of the week. It has been a phenomenal podcast, everybody. It is the divisional round of the playoffs. The most exciting week in NFL football. As I said before, the cream rises to the top. We have the top eight teams right now going at it. John, I wish you luck with the Eagles. Let's see what happens tonight against the New York Giants and everybody out there. We will see you next week for the AFC and the NFC Championship Games, Championship Weekend. So... May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. Until next week, we are out. Wagers, ragers. See everybody. Good luck. Later.